0: Input Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, stories about decorating during quarantine and handheld gaming in a simpler time. Now that most of us are sheltering in place, our priorities are changing. Newswriter Ian Cervantes is no exception. He recently wrote an essay for InputMag.com called I Used to Care About How I Looked. Now I Only
1: Care About Furniture and Plants. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. The longer the Rona has stunned my social life, the less drawn I've been to purchasing new clothes. It's hard to get excited or inspired when there's nothing to dress up for. No social events to ooh and ah over outfits with like-minded people. Instead, i found my devotion to aesthetics refocused onto my room. Thanks for joining the show, Ian. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Your essay is called, I Used to Care How I Looked, Now I Only Care About Furniture and Plants. How did this
1: shift come about? This is clearly inspired by what's been going on with my own life. I kind of started out a few weeks ago during all this, just bored and and cleaning and reorganizing my room. And that kind of made me realize how unsatisfied I was with my desk. You know, it's just the basic. Ikea one and also had the unfortunate effect of sticking out like a couple inches in front of my closet. So that enough was to drive me crazy. So yeah, I started digging around on Craigslist, looking for vintage furniture, found something from a really cool vintage shop, ended up getting another piece from then. And then kind of at the same time, I got back a little more into plants. I've kind of always had them, but my assemblage of them has kind of fallen off recently. After a few unfortunate deaths. A chance for Mother Nature to start again. Behold the dawn of a new age. <sighs> In the peace. You argue that plants are hot right now. What caused this shift? I think it's just people who are in similar situations as me, you know, being inside forces you to reevaluate your space and also look for ways to, to kind of get more out of it, to, to have a more satisfying area to inhabit. So specifically, I talked about this local plant shop around me, a little shop of soil that has been selling out their online runs of plants, which... It seems totally insane, they've been selling out every week and I'm sitting here getting ready for for the next drop tonight, eager to, to be successful. So tell me about the importance of furniture in your life. You know, working at home, I am sitting at my desk every day, trying not to be a piece of shit, working in my bed or even on the couch. So it just feels, it feels nice to have, you know, a piece that is beautiful, that it just brings me joy to sit at every day. The design is awesome. It's Danish. It's got this floating shelf that I really love and which I keep going back and forth on putting stuff on top of because I'm not sure if I like the way it looks. But overall, with the plants and the furniture, Sure. It's just like nice to look around and be happy with the space that you're in because we're all stuck right now. So how do you dress now? Have you let yourself go to seed? <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I mean, I would say the headline is maybe a little bit dramatic, but that's the game. I I'm dressing for comfort, first and foremost, but you know a lot of the pieces like sweatpants, track pants, shorts, are things that I picked up anyway over the last few years that are still fairly stylish, but are just more suited for loafing about in my apartment. I don't really buy the capitalist brain-induced idea that you need to get dressed up to work from home. It's totally insane to me. You can follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore
0: Cervantes. Now on to today's second story. The 2005 handheld gaming console the Gizmondo was an ambitious failure, one that involved the Swedish mafia and a spectacular Ferrari crash. Editor Ryan Houlihan, a proud Gizmondo owner, recounted the device's history in an article for InputMag.com. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. The Gizmondo
2: has a library of 14 games, just eight of which ever saw release in the U.S. Almost all of these games are laughably terrible. Crash, the device's rudimentary operating system, or, in the case of the surprisingly fun Sticky Balls, are named things like Sticky Balls. One announced but never released title was Mama, Can I Mow the Lawn? I would give my hypothetical firstborn child for a copy of Mama, Can I Mow the Lawn?
1: Chris, that Ferrari Inzo was nearly obliterated in the high-speed crash along the PCH. First of all, uh, it's a
0: multi-entertainer, and it's handheld, and it's very powerful.
1: The occupants who were protected inside its Formula One-style cockpit walked away. But one of those men, Stefan Eriksson, isn't escaping attention. You can play games on it, you can listen to music, you can watch movies. He told investigators he wasn't driving the Red Enzo, but he can't provide a full name of the man he says was at the wheel. You can communicate via Bluetooth, you can take pictures with the camera. The 44-year-old is considered an accomplished Ferrari driver, once racing a Ferrari Modena sponsored by Gizmondo. That's a handheld video game you almost heard about.
0: Uh, the closer we get to the goal, uh, the, the more excited we're going to get. And uh, yeah, I think that we will overwhelm uh, all, all the public out there. Thank you for joining me, Ryan. Hi, it's good to be here. So 15 years after it came out, you got a Gizmondo. Was it worth the wait?
2: It was and it wasn't. It has become a wonderful conversation piece in my home, but I can't say that I put it to a lot
0: more use than that. Well, what was it like when you first turned it on? It was a little bit surreal.
2: It was as if you saw an old high school crush that you never really got to talk to, and you got to sit down and have a conversation with them over dinner or something. And it was a mark that I was an adult and could do what I wanted with my money, no matter how silly it was. It sounds like the Gizmondo
0: was incredibly ambitious for the time.
2: Yeah, the Gizmondo, wanted to do everything. I mean, that was its tagline. I can do everything. And it wanted to be all of the things in our digital lives that our phones are now, but it was just biting off more
0: than it could chew at the time. Part of the appeal of the device was the backstory, which involved the Swedish mafia, right?
2: Yeah. So whenever you want to bring a product to market, it requires a lot of R&D funding, a lot of marketing. You have to be able to purchase a ton of the product up front. You have to have it produced distributed and to create a new game console slash gps slash personal organizer you're gonna need a serious backer and the kind of person who would invest you didn't necessarily know where the money was coming from it kind of had a fiery end right So Stefan Eriksson was the president and initial investor in the Gizmondo, and his money was not made through very scrupulous means. And he crashed a Ferrari Enzo sports car that was worth over $2 million going 162 miles an hour while intoxicated and with a weapon. He blamed that crash after initially saying that he was a diplomat and had diplomatic immunity and was working with the Department of Homeland Security, none of which is true. He blamed it on a mysterious third party named Dietrich who— you know doesn't exist.
0: I wish we all had a Dietrich to blame things on. <laughs> what lessons can we take from the Gismondo's failure?
2: I think it's important that we take away multiple lessons from the Gizmondo. It has value when you have a huge vision, even if it's too big for your time. There is a value to wanting to change the world, wanting to use technology or whatever resources you have at your disposal to create something that doesn't exist and bring it into the world. But we also need to think about the kind of investments that such markets require. The video game market in particular is an area of technology that is basically locked up between major tech companies. The ability to enter that market is completely filtered by hordes of cash that you need to have upfront. And so that kind of investment to get into those markets it's worrying that in order to compete, you need to have that kind of money backing you because you never really know where it's coming from. And even if it wasn't to be coming from a criminal, it's a huge gamble of an investment. And when we look at Silicon Valley today, I think a lot of the problems that we can see are similar to the Gizmondo. These are huge investments from tons of VCs who have their own motives in technologies that are completely untested. And it's not good for these tech companies. It's not good for the health of the markets. And it's not good for investors.
0: You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Houlihan, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of tech and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on whichever podcast app you use. Thank you for listening.